everybody. Welcome back to Go Team Video, the podcast where AMPM Video watches a movie and talks about it along with everything else. This episode is episode four, The Witch. All right, Daily, let's hear some facts about The Witch. Um, so The Witch uh, was written and directed by Robert Eggers. And Robert Eggers, uh, this was his like first breakout film. He had some short films before this, uh, and they're guess what? They're all also they're also folk folk tales. Mm. He did a Hansel and Gretel short film. He did a Telltale Heart short film, and he did another short film called Brothers, which was in the same year as The Witch in 2015. Um, this movie uh, had a budget of four million dollars and the opening weekend it made uh eight million eight hundred thousand so yeah already in the first weekend yeah doing good that first weekend um what did it gross total total uh it had 25 million domestic nice yeah so that's that's gross it's it's gross <laughs> it's gross return <laughs> uh worldwide 40 million yeah, yeah, that's a so really altogether, great return. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with, I mean, four million is a pretty small budget for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for Hollywood movies and stuff. You know, um, what else we got here? I uh, don't really have much more. You know, there wasn't he he wrote this by himself. Um, he'd go on to collaborate with, I believe, his brother, mm-hmm. for the lighthouse. Uh, yep. he did a lot of production. Uh, designing in on other films a lot of short films um i don't really see any like film credits prior to this movie other than short films i think this was his first film yeah Um, and yeah he wrote the lighthouse with his brother who kind of already had an idea of like a ghost story in a lighthouse or something and then he is just sort of laid around for a while and then robert eggers asked his brother like do you mind if I take that? Cause it's like a really, I like I have stuff for it. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of collaborated on it that way. Oh, cool. This movie is a brisk hour and 32 minutes. Mm-hmm. Love the, the runtime on this film, uh, rated R and, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. That's all I got for facts right now. Cool. Let's get into some first impressions. What did you think of the film? Abby? I loved it. I think for like a classic, I don't want to say classic horror film, but like classic witch film, I think it was like really good. Um, There's definitely some spooky bits to it. There's some weird bits to it. There's some kind of funny moments. Really funny moments. Interesting. I'm I'm interested to see which moments you found funny. I think it was mostly just the the laugh, the witch laugh. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it really made me giggle. That's fun. I um, laughed through this whole fucking movie. I I also did laugh, but because I turned subtitles on and reading like certain so, yeah. like certain uh, when they give like uh like not the what is it called when it's just like telling you what's happening exposition the exposition subtitles like those those oh you mean like uh, the the descriptions of the sounds yeah and stuff like that like that made me laugh a lot yeah Mm -hmm. the closed captions um but yeah just their 
general vernacular yeah. <laughs> like made me giggle sometimes um i do want to hear everyone's best witch cackle at some point okay like uh just our interpretation of a witch cackle yeah, yeah. okay cool. yeah all right we'll do we'll do that in the reviews okay when we give our review after our vhs tape rating we have to give our witch cackle mm-hmm and then we'll rate each other's witch cackle. Or we, you could rate our witch. I'll, I'll, I'll. I mean, the listener. Oh, uh, the listener. Okay, yeah, the listener will will rate our witch cackles. Yeah. Okay. Deal. Deal. Oh, All right, so Daily. What did you think of this film? I really, uh, I'm of two minds with this film. I love it as a movie on its own in a vacuum. As a movie that I would want to watch, I don't like it. I don't enjoy being in the in this period piece setting. Uh, I find stories about the the, the um, pilgrims and the uh, Pur- Puritans like mm-hmm. uh, almost unnecessary. Like I don't understand why people want to spend time in this world. Um, but the supernatural element is like what comes brings it around for me and I ended up really enjoying it when I normally hate these types of period pieces and find them very dull just for me personally like I just have very little interest in being in this world um but I think it accomplishes a lot as a film and I think it's a really good movie cool uh do you find that you like have trouble watching period pieces in general or is it just this specific kind of era of history? It's spe- it's specifically this because like I've watched like feudal Japan period like pe- period pieces uh period pieces set in more contemporary times even like like the sixties and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I still consider like that a period piece because it's you know history at this point. Um, or like the, there's like one Akira Kurosawa film that's like in contemporary time. Yeah. I think, uh, and I really like that one. Um, I like period pieces, just not necessarily ones about puritanical uh, colonizers. Mm-hmm. You know, cool. <laughs> I just find like the the core of everyone in this film unlikable. Yeah, I get that. Uh... Except for Thomason. I like Thomason. Yeah. Um Yeah, so we'll we'll say we'll save the, the details. Okay. Yeah. Uh I like the movie a lot. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> all right, take us to the plot, Abby. All right. So this movie opens up with a man we see him speaking before a group of people they look like council members we learn later they are a part of a religious community and this family this man's family has been um sent away um have have, they've they've been banned um so they move out banished that's the word (laughs) um so they get on their find out do we know why they're being banished I don't is think it, they ever cuz I, I went back and watched I rewatched the beginning. They don't they 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 start with basically 
the him the council being like you know like if you don't stop doing your your inactions your your like unlawful things then you're gonna have to leave and will is like i'm not gonna stop uh, if, if i feel it's of my conscience or something like that and then the next mm. scene is them leaving i just assumed it was like money related like maybe he's not paying up or something. I thought it because uh, William is like, did we not come here to practice our beliefs freely? So my thoughts is that they are doing something that is like that they find within the bounds of their religion, but then like the the greater public doesn't agree with what they're doing. Also, they're all wearing kind of different clothes. Mm. Like they're not wearing the same like pilgrim uniform that everyone else is wearing like the black with the black hat and like the little white tie thing everyone else is in that and the the family that that we focus on in this film is just in like is in almost completely different clothing i guess i assume that like the the family was just like too religious and then the townspeople were like Listen, we're trying to get, we're trying to loosen up on that shit. You guys are like putting a, a real like damper, <laughs> damper on the party. Mm-hmm. So Maybe. like, get the fuck out. Oh, I I honestly don't know. Um, it, and it it may have to do with something that the wife did. Um, is the wife uh Catherine mentions? I don't. They 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 speak in like fucking Bible verses in this movie. So there's a lot that I didn't completely comprehend. Um, a lot of thys and these and cows and shit. <laughs> she talks about being like Job's wife at one point, mm-hmm. and Job's wife uh, is like committed adultery or, or something like that. So, like, I, I don't know if that's why they got exiled. I, I really don't know. They never really explicitly say. Hmm. Okay. Um. Well, moving forward, you know they they load up their cart and they leave we hear a lot of like singing or just like eerie violin strings um we hear a lot of that throughout the movie we hear some chanting later on you know some some kind of like type singing um score is pretty good it's very good yeah it's very good um then we cut to the father, his name's William. He's got his face down in the dirt, and he stands up and lifts his hands up to the sky. Um, some kind of prayer, I guess. Um, we hear howling kind of noises, um, and then we get a, a wide shot of their family plot, so we can see what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and significant time has passed at this point, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. Because the baby's not born until they are at the farm. Mm-hmm. Samuel's not born until they're on the farm. I guess that's another important thing to consider if you mentioned her later on talking about being Job's wife. She has this baby. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe it's the baby why, why they're getting next up is the baby's like not within their marriage or something like that. Mm hmm. What baby, you might be asking. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. Um, So the oldest child, her name is Thomason. Um, We learn that later. But we see her praying 
inside the home while the mother's breastfeeding and kids are doing chores and cooking and we go to outside and children are harvesting corn that they've been growing um she's she's praying and she's asking for forgiveness and mercy and light and then we see a shot of the woods and it looks really creepy and it sounds really creepy in that moment we get a several shots of that sprinkled in throughout the movie it also becomes an important scene just the woods in general Mm -hmm. then we see her playing peekaboo with the baby the baby's name is sam she's playing peekaboo and you get a nice pov shot where as she's putting her hands over her eyes the camera is covered up and then when she opens her eyes up the baby's gone Happens very fast. Mm-hmm. Like gone, gone. Yeah. The baby's just disappeared. Like nowhere in sight. Disappeared. Yeah. Like, you see like the trees kind of move a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there's like yeah. in it. Yeah. It's an implied something. Yeah. But it's so fast. That it's like, what could that have been? Yeah. And then we see a shot of the baby um, in the glow of a firelight. Someone's changing the baby. Someone with like a really wrinkly old hand. We've not seen this person up until this point. Um, and they pull out a blade and poke it in to the baby's stomach before it cuts away. Um, and then we cut to this the backside of a naked old woman churning something, Ugh. which you just assume is the baby. The, the noise of the churning is like the grossest part of this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they use it more yeah like um in the sound design for this film um and then she's covering herself in bloody crushed goop Mm -hmm. and um we keep hearing these churning sounds and these like screechy eerie sounds and we see a silhouette of something over the moon over the full moon. Kind of like rising, right? Mm-hmm. Like floating up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, just before we get off of this scene, um, this is like obviously one of the most visceral parts of the film. Like yeah. you're seeing this person like like churning a baby into like skin butter. <laughs> it's like really <laughs> hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the sixth scene in the movie yeah <laughs> you know yeah, it <laughs> happens like, real quick really early yeah. yeah and we get a good pause after this too before we get to the next like truly upsetting thing but mm-hmm. then we cut to the inside of the house and um the the second oldest child his name's caleb he's removing a cover off the window and looking outside and then um, his sister Thomason wakes up startled and um, Caleb puts his shoes on and goes outside to find his dad staring off yeah. and he's holding a huh? and some time has passed right at this point yeah time yeah. has passed after <laughs> Sam disappearing right and there being no sign of him yeah and, and, and through that whole scene of the kids waking up you hear like very like lowly mixed in the mother like 
repeating a prayer like downstairs yeah through the whole scene of and this crying and crying yeah, time, yeah yeah and in this scene caleb is approaching his dad and he's holding a cob of corn that looks really rough doesn't look great doesn't look like they can sell it or, or eat it really and he's talking about how they can't search anymore they can't keep searching for sam because they've, they've done all they can if not a wolf then hunger I think is what William says. Yeah. Yeah. And because they assume it's a wolf that stole the baby. Yeah. They're like if it's not a wolf, then hunk this baby's dead from hunger. Um. And he's talking about how the mother, her name is Catherine. She's not been sleeping, and they also are going hungry. Like their food that they've tried to grow is not been profitable it's not been um sustainable to feed them so the father and son go hunting then we cut back to the interior of the house and thomason is walking slowly towards her mother's bed that's like completely curtained off um she peeks in through a little slit in the curtains and she sees her mother praying and crying and then we see her walking outside with a bucket of water on her head and she spills a little bit and the father and the son are hunting. They open up one of those like bear trap looking things and then the son starts wondering if his brother Sam is in hell. Yeah. Because he was a baby and he wasn't baptized. Yeah. It's probably a good point to, to bring up like how big of a role religion plays in this film Mm -hmm. it's like it's at the center of almost every like plot point like going forward all the decisions they make and stuff like that there's always talking about god they're always they pray on everything and it's quoting the bible yeah it's 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 the core of all of their characters is religion aside from maybe thomason um but I guess in a different way, Thomason just has a different relationship with the, with the religion and 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 the mother too. But um, yeah, I was just I don't know. You'll have anything to talk about with that? Um, yeah, I mean they're, you know, they like she when she finds out that uh, William lied to her about going into the woods. And and basically made her son lie. She's really upset because just like her perception of him is a like upstanding man of God, and she just feels like very betrayed by his lie, and that maybe like that's kind of the cause of all their problems is that he's not the person that she thought that she married. Uh, right in that scene where where Caleb's waking up, uh, you get the first shot of him like kind of lusting after his sister with him. He's like, there's like a shot where he's like looking down her shirt, kind of like seeing part of uh, Thomason's breast. And it's like emphasized, you know what I mean? It's part of that scene of Caleb waking up and Caleb does it again later in the film uh, when they're at the Creek. Uh, there's a shot of him kind of looking at his sister's breasts again. And uh, that, but the, that scene in the waking up scene, you, you see this first instance of that right before we go out to the woods with the father and Caleb and uh, Caleb's worrying about 
because within their specific belief system, they're all born sinners, which is different for every, you know, denomination, denomination. Uh, but within theirs, they're born sinners. So he's like, I think the him, he's obviously conflicted with his like lust of his sister. And he's like, if I'm this fucked up now, like, and we're born sinners, like my brother has to be in hell. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's, I think it's like the religion is like building up or the guilt, the religious guilt is building up within uh, Caleb at that moment. And that's kind of like why he starts to question about his, his brother that's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, Thomason is, we, we go, we go back to the farm and Thomason's checking the coop for eggs and finds one and it breaks and there's like a bloody chick fetus in it. Back to the hunting scene in the woods, the dog starts barking at this rabbit that we see several more times throughout the movie. They they load the gun, prep it, light it. It's like old school, musket. old school musket. Yeah. Um, and it backfires into William's face. I like, I, I, I it's just like a weird moment I had when this was happening. I was like, I said to myself, like, oh, it's gonna fuck up his eye, and then it happened. Like, I don't know what telegraphed it to me, but like, I just was like, oh, I bet that gun's gonna backfire, and then it did. I feel like it's one of those things that if you see a musket, you kind of <laughs> yeah. infer that it's going to fuck up. Yeah. And they just did not uh, get it right with the musket. Dude. No. Like, <laughs> it's a bad one. Yeah, that was early shit. Then we go back to the, the farmhouse and we see the kids skipping around, kind of chasing around this black goat that we see becomes a really important character in the film. They call him Black Philip. He's a black goat yeah, black with horns that Fucking curl under. gnarly, dude. Yeah, basically, uh, w- everything I read said that of all the like animal actors that they had in the movie, uh, Black Philip was the worst. Oh <laughs> like, man, just really ornery and like wouldn't like really do anything they wanted. Yeah, uh, and the best actor was like that hair. That, that, oh, uh, the, the rabbit. rabbit. Yeah. You see all, yeah. Like it was apparently a very good actor, but <laughs> Black Phillip, like, you know, the scene where he's like, he has to wrestle with him and he, like, gets knocked over, yeah. William. Like, that wasn't even written into the movie. It was oh, just like wow. a thing they captured on it, film. It's like, it seemed like a really wild, <laughs> like, thing to do. Just like throw. Yeah. Basically, it looked, it looked like someone just threw Black Phillip onto Willem. Yeah. William. Yeah. Like, that was, that's cool, though. But it kind of fits the, Black Phillips like character in yeah, the movie, definitely. Like, you know, it's, it definitely fits right in. It's yeah. just this ornery, really goat. cool. And there's yeah. some, there's a few jump scares in this movie. Yeah, and that was one of them for sure. Yeah, yeah. We briefly had a billy goat when I was a kid, and uh, it was mean as shit. <laughs> <laughs> it like bucked me all the time with its horns, <laughs> and it smelled terrible. It like peed in its own beard. Yeah. Oh, in its own beard. <laughs> My goodness. It was a gross. Gross! I was so excited when we first got it. I was like, "This yeah. thing rules!" You know, it was just like mean, and I hated it. Do they really eat like whatever? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they like yeah. you just eat, eat like paper. And, they have low standards, yeah. right? They're not like really chewing on cans or anything. Yeah, like they will eat almost anything. Apple cores. Uh-huh. 
So dad comes home, wrangles Black Phillip to put him back in his pen. And then we see Catherine coming out and actually speaking. Um, not just like in her bed crying. And she's yelling at the children for like not doing their chores and not tending to the farm and not doing what they're not minding or doing what they're supposed to do. And then Caleb brings up this apple tree that he saw in the valley and that he can go to the tree and get apples so that they can have something to eat. Mm -hmm. That's like his sort of uh, cover for what they were doing, right? Exactly. Yeah. For really like going out to investigate. Right. It's just to like put his mom at ease that there's that is that his dad wasn't lying about like he basically took the heat for for what they were doing exactly and Catherine mentions many times she doesn't want anyone going outside of the farm she wants everyone to stay stay on the property yeah just don't go in the woods basically yeah we see William chopping wood we see Thomason scrubbing some fabric in a, in a creek or a river. They arguably have too much wood at a certain point. <laughs> like, like in it, I think it's yeah, like it's a shitload of wood. Like it's Williams' like only like, uh, like release. It seems like, yeah, that's him going you know? to the gym. He's out there with that shirt on that time with like the the sheet around his yeah, waist. Looking yeah, looking very Jesusy, white very Jesus. Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's just like letting it all yeah. loose on these logs, dude. It it and it's also probably like the funnest thing to do. You know what I mean? Like it's entertainment almost, probably. Mm-hmm. And he feels productive. Productive. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. Yeah. <laughs> and then as Thomason is scrubbing some fabrics, getting stains out, Caleb approaches and. You know, something's on his mind, clearly. And Thomason's trying to get to the bottom of it. And she's trying to question him um, and talk with him. And then they're kind of silly together for a second. Then they hear a noise in, in the grass. And their little sister, Mercy, comes out and pretends to be the Witch of the Woods. Clickety-clackety is what she says a lot. And she's like, you know using a stick for a broom and then they they argue but um mercy says she knows she saw a witch take the baby and then thomason like leaned into that and pretended that she was a witch so this is the second time we see the brother lusting after uh the sister what's up with that it's obviously a very big plot point. Well, I mean, it, for one thing, like there's nobody else around. He's coming of age, and he's he sees boobs. He's yeah. like a horny little kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're not in a town. They don't have a community. Yeah, I guess he has no reference t- for this to be like taboo. But I but he yeah. does though because he feels ashamed. Well, yes, he does. But he might f- he might feel similar shame for lusting after somebody Anyone? someone else. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's more. It's a little foreshadowing for sure. Yeah, uh, of what ha- what's to come yeah. for him. And it's interesting because it seems like, like later on, we see this like argument Williams having with Thomason, where he's kind of 
pinning it all on her. He's yeah. pinning all the blame. He's pinning um, this kind of like sibling lust. He's pinning it all on her and calling her a whore. Uh, and- that's the mom. The mom calls her a whore. Like they both are more or less blaming her though for. Well, the the mom outright like yeah. calls her a whore. Yeah, yeah. But that's like I, I guess like a characteristic of a witch, if you will. Oh, uh, okay. I see. I see. It's like being. I don't know. Yeah. Drawing attention sexually. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like a succubus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But she tells Mercy that she signed the devil's book and that she's a witch. And she is using that to threaten the child so that she doesn't tell the mother about any of the witch business. Right. Because um, it would probably tear her up to think some more about a witch taking Sam. Yeah, it's really just a, a a move by Thomason to just shut them up. Exactly. And yeah. can just kind of keep them in line. Because these kids are like hellions, basically. They just like, yeah. don't listen to any any authority or reason. They're just running around playing with this goat all the time. I know. I really wanted the kids to be the devil. Like, I was like really <laughs> hoping that, like, uh, uh, Jonas and Mercy specifically. I was uh-huh. like really hoping that Jonas and Mercy were going to like be some fucking devil shit. Then we go to the family dinner and William is praying at the table and everyone's there. He They break bread and pass it around the table and then Catherine goes into accusing Thomason of stealing her father's cup and she even says like, oh, did a wolf run off with that too? Like, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Throwing major shade. Yeah. Totally. I totally. mean, honestly, I'd probably act the exact same way as Thomason if I was in this situation. I'd be like, fuck y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'd be, I'm over this shit. And then Catherine's pissed that the, the animals <clears throat> haven't been, you know, tucked bedded in down. or whatever, bedded yeah. down. Yeah, bedded <laughs> down, which apparently is just uh, saying nice things to a goat and singing it songs and petting it. So literally tucking it in. Yeah, literally tucking it in. I used to do that. She's like, God damn it, you didn't tuck in the goats. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that for doggies uh, when I worked at a boarding facility. I would like, oh, literally, weird. there was a package level, like a tier level of like the package you pay for for your dog to stay there where they would get a nighttime story, like a literal wow. bedtime story. How do I, like I would bring a, a, a book a in there story. and read them. <laughs> did you read them Clifford? What did you read so them? so sweet. Uh, I mean, it was just like whatever. It was in the little Were library. dog-themed books? I don't know. I don't think so. I think there was like 101 Dalmatians, which is probably a bad book for read to a dog. But <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think it had an uplifting <laughs> uh, story. But there were TVs in all the rooms that constantly played Disney movies. Like in every room... Of the dogs. That's, that's so not sweet. for the dogs. I'm serious, <laughs> that's dude. Not, that, that's so people can come in and say, oh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> well, yeah. Dogs yeah. The volume is very low as well. The dogs want to see, like, you know, uh, face off and like, <laughs> 90s John Woo action movies. They don't want to watch Disney movies. Maybe they want to watch, like, Marley and Me. Or, like, Damn. Old Homeward Bound. Uh, that's sad, Homeward some sad bound. shit. Homeward Bound. Uh, yeah, we got to do that one at some point. I think that'd be a fantastic one to do. So, Thomason goes to bed down the animals or the goats. And, um, 
It's this part's interesting because I notice as she's going out, they're kind of like bleeding and bleating. I should say not bleeding, bleating. but bleating, like making <laughs> making their goat noise in kind of like a rhythmic way. Oh, I didn't notice that. And then she sees the bunny like right there in the middle of them. Yeah. Is this in the little barn thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good actor, that rabbit. Good fucking Dude. actor. <laughs> So the kids are really good actors in this. Did movie the bunny too. like? Win an oh yeah, the definitely. kids are steal the show for me in this. Yeah. Outside of like the, incredible. the the rabbit, um, the kids are probably the best. And then we go back to Catherine and William are in bed, and Catherine's praying. Um, and then she lays down with her husband, and she's crying, and she says that God has cursed their family. How far did y'all make it into this movie? Uh, before you turned on subtitles, if you did turn on subtitles. Really, like, um, someone was leaving my house, so the dogs were going crazy. Okay. It was probably at that moment, but I, pretty early on, I was like, I need subtitles because I can't understand what they're saying. Yep. And some parts of this film, like when the music kicks in, it's like so loud. Yeah. But then it'll just be like a dialogue scene, and it's like, you just barely hear it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Holy yeah. shit!" I, I think I like I I do have a genuine like problem with how a lot of how some movies are mixed, like in the modern era, like Christopher Nolan movies. I think are often mixed horribly. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of horror movies in general are too. And it's like it, I don't know if they're mixed specifically for a theater or what, but like. There's so many times where the dialogue will be so quiet in like a Nolan film or mm-hmm. like in this film, and then you you get An that orchestral scene. score right. hits, and it's just like, whoa, and it Booming. like like right. it sounds like you just cranked your volume on your TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure it's mixed for like having like a surround system right. or whatever. So I don't know, and maybe even different TVs make it make that range different. I don't know. I didn't uh I never turned on the subtitles uh because I don't like it really um and I feel like I can like kind of click into the dialogue a little bit because of learning Shakespeare in high school and sure. college it's like you just kind of train yourself to like parse out whatever it is they're saying yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah but yeah in general I don't really like that because I'm I'm looking at the words uh, and not their eyes and their mouths and their emotion. Yeah, uh, I get very distracted by it, so I typically won't do that. Yeah, I it, for me it was almost like watching a foreign language film, uh, where like I needed the subtitles to like it is really fully dense. understand yeah. what was happening. I feel like I would have missed a lot if I didn't put the subtitles on. I agree. I also was like really trying to catch everyone's names. So yeah, totally. Um, that was helpful. My name is Jonas. And then Catherine is talking to her husband, and she thinks that the kids are asleep, but Thomason's listening to their whole conversation. They're talking about how they, they insist that their daughter go serve another family, basically, like mm-hmm. wants to like send her off to get married and be away. William brings up a, a good point that I also thought of um, early on in this film is like during this time period, people were pretty accustomed to losing children. You know what I mean? Like it was pretty common that like not all your kids were going to make it. Yeah. If you got a cold, you were likely to die. Yeah. Kind of 
kind of time period. And William brings up the fact that like we have, you know, three other kids. You know, like we're so lucky that God has only taken one from us, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh I was happy that the movie addressed that because it was like one of the first things I thought was like it's like isn't weren't people like used to this? Like Yeah, those of you uh listeners who played the game Oregon Trail will be <laughs> very familiar with the fucking harshness. Yeah. <laughs> Give that a go, y'all. It's yeah. a great one. It's right across the river. Go for it. Y'all ever um they did a this studio did a remake or not a remake, like a like a reimagining of Oregon Trail, but it's O R G A N like organs hmm. like organ trail and it's a zombie apocalypse version of or- the Whoa. video game organ trail wow. yeah who did that uh i can't remember the studio but hmm. um yeah it's like on ios like it, it's like a little indie game it's on pretty much any device but it's oh. same cool. same sort of platform and it's the exact same mechanics as organ oregon trail hmm. but hmm. instead of like going across the country you're going across the country to escape the zombies oh, clever. yeah yeah I will be downloading that. <laughs> and Catherine goes into saying that she thinks her son went to hell because he never got baptized and she thinks they're going to starve if they don't go back to England and go back to the church that cast them out in the beginning of the film. Caleb goes out to feed the horse and Thomason finds him and she knows he's like, preparing to leave basically she talked she basically talks him into going with him by like threatening to tell to wake up their parents do you think that um he's like wanting to leave to like so that they will keep thomason around or like to defend like to like i don't know to some extent yeah he's he's trying to like uh basically salvage a really bad situation and and be like a man yeah, well, about it. And he's not trying to run away. He's going to check the traps. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to see if if they caught any traps. And the are the traps what the father bought with the money from the silver cup? Or is the gun what the father bought with the money from the hmm. silver cup? I can't remember. I'm not sure. I do remember him saying it was like worth a lot of money. Yeah. He got either the gun or the traps with the with the he got the supplies to hunt basically mm-hmm. with the with the silver cup money. So they go to check the trap and they've caught something like a squirrel or something. And then the dog goes with them and the dog starts barking at this rabbit again. And um then we see William and Catherine realize the kids are gone or realize that Thomason and Caleb are gone, so they go out looking and calling their names and Caleb and Thomason get separated. The dog got like mauled by something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like disemboweled in a yeah, crazy way. The, the Caleb runs after the the hare and the dog. Uh, horse freaks out, and then Thomason's like like wakes up on the ground. Wakes up on the ground. Yeah, Caleb's lost, roaming the woods, and he's like. Praying and quoting scripture to himself. Yeah. He hears the dog yelping and finds it all ripped up. Thomason gets up confused, starts running. We hear the dad calling for Caleb. And we see Caleb like running and crawling through like branches and 
bushes, like dead bushes, and um, we hear a lot of creepy noises too. Thomason finds her dad, and he's like wondering where Caleb is. And then we go back to Caleb, and he finds this little cottage with smoke tooting out of the chimney. So it the it's such like great production design, like the oh, set man. design yeah. of mm-hmm. like the witch stuff. Is, it's exactly incredible. what you'd expect. So good. And you start to get well. This was like the first time in the movie I started to get scared. Was when Caleb was by himself in the woods mm-hmm. and like lost. It's like was it's like. I don't know, probably the, it was just the first moment where I felt like vulnerable and scared in the movie. He's lost. He's like crawling through this thick brambly yeah. stuff. And it just does seem really like. It's terrifying. It seems yeah. like yeah. he's far from home. Yeah. Far like from long home. gone. And like being in that time period, being out in the woods like that, like, and also as an audience member, knowing that the witch is out there, it's like, all right. This is this is when the movie starts to get scary for me personally. I feel like this is when the horror starts to kick in. Yeah, it's like creepy until that point, and then it's scary. Yeah, yeah. And then this woman in this like red hooded cloak comes out very sedu- seductively. We hear this like howly kind of singing, chanting again, and Caleb walks toward her, kind of scared looking, and the woman kisses him, and then. There's this moment where you can tell she's like locked him in, really. And then we cut to Thomason in oh, like. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Just like you see, uh, the you see the wrinkled like hand reach out and grab the back of his head. Yeah, like, like right before it cuts. Yeah. Like the last thing you see is is it's it's like not. It's obvious from the beginning as the audience, or you know that's the witch. Right. It's but the witch's real hand. You see the real hand come up at the very end. But I think that's what all the foreshadowing was with him lusting after his sister. It's like he's, it's, it's just sort of uh, illustrating how susceptible he would be to like this uh, buxom witch lady mm-hmm. uh, drawing him in. He just like is terrified, but he goes right for it. No, like very just true. Go yeah. straight for that kiss. Yeah. I don't know if he went for it. He just let it. Yeah, happen. I was about to say he well, does seem yeah, yeah. very scared in that. He walked moment. over there though. He was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think it's like at that point, the you're under a spell. You know what I mean? Like the 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 witch is um, what's it called when the vampires gl- glamoring yes, you? Like yes. that's basically what the witch is doing is like glamoring this this kid. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's 100% like uh, just lust from the kid. But. And right. then and then we see Thomason in the corner in their house and she's like heavy breathing and the mother and the father like wondering what the hell happened to Caleb. Like where is Caleb? And then she's wondering why they went in the woods at all. And Thomason kind of stutters and then William immediately jumps into he stole her father's cup and sold it for money and then they're outside arguing in the rain and it's nighttime he's gonna just leave he was like gonna go to town for something or no he's just, he was just like gonna go out and like look for no I'm sorry he was going to town to get more people to come help look for Caleb and in the midst of this arguing, she hits him. 
and that kind of halts things. He doesn't leave. They go inside. They clean up. And Thomason goes out to bed down the animals again. And she hears something rustling. And she goes outside and she sees Caleb. And he's naked. Like drunk kind of looking. Yeah, like yeah. very out of it. Yeah. And he's kind of like leaning his body weight on this fence post. And he's like... He falls. He's like unable to stand. And then they lay him down with blankets and a candle. And she wraps him. Catherine, the mother, wraps him. And they bring a bowl to his head. And they make a cut in his temple to drain blood out. Bloodletting, I believe, is what this is called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also goes back to my point of like... (laughs) It seems, I guess, it, it, and I know this is like a flaw on my part as a viewer, but I just feel like, I'm like, this is so silly. This is some like old school this is so, like, shit though. Y'all also. are so dumb. Like in context, like yeah. the context I have now, it's like hard for me not to see this and just be like, this is just silly. This is like dumb. Like y'all's getting... de- devotion in, right. in everything is just so silly. Like your pride and your devotion to God is like why y'all are out here at the fucking in this place, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, you know, you, you're you're judging how stupid they are, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair. Yeah, she's trying to drain impurities, drain demons, you know, drain all the bad things out of him, and she's reciting a prayer to him. Then William's outside in the rain and it's still nighttime and he's splitting wood again. Yep. His favorite thing. It's so entertaining. And then we cut to what's his name? Black Phillip. Yeah. <laughs> we- oh, real quick, I do want to go back to um there's a scene before Caleb comes back. Or I hate I, I I hate to jump the gun. I, we may be about to get to this scene, but it's like the first big monologue that Catherine has. Are we about to we're about to get there? She talks about wanting to go back to England. Yeah, that's like that's right before all the shit goes down. Okay, yeah. so that's before Caleb comes back. It's when he it's right before he dies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're 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 like yeah yeah. yeah. Just a heads up, we are like an hour in also. Yes. We we get a close-up of Black Phillip, and we hear the children's voices saying like, bah, bah, and then it's, it's daytime. William addresses that Thomason put the devil in Caleb and that he won't wake up. I think he's saying this to Catherine while the children are out in the barn with Black Phillip and... Thomason is trying to milk the goats and blood is coming out into the bucket. That shit was freaky. Mm-hmm. And the mother thinks that Caleb is is out and unconscious because of witchcraft and William's denying it. He's just telling her she's, you know, spouting nonsense. And, um... Then Catherine talks about wanting to be home in England, and she said since Sam disappeared, her heart turned to stone, and she's had a weakness of faith, and she's not been the same since then. 
she goes in to talk about how she had like such incredible faith and connection and spirituality to Samuel, right? Like she's like, I never felt love. Like Samuel's love was like greater than God and her husband's love is like what she's basically saying in this monologue. I interpreted that as like her love for Jesus or her love for God um, just existing before Samuel died. Oh, and then once Samuel died, she has no faith. She has no faith. Yeah. That's that's yeah. how I interpreted that. Like not because of Samuel existing that she had that, but because he's gone that she lost it. Yeah, yeah. But this is such a fantastic monologue. Like, and it's delivered. Like, I, I it stood out to me as like a performance in the film. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, really was like sold on this monologue and. Um, gives a lot of exposition too. Like you really get some more like character, like some backstory on like pre them moving here. It's like one of the few times you get any glimpse into like why they may be here. This is where she talks about being like Job's wife. Mm -hmm. And like there was an incident there was for sure an incident like this scene like confirms that for me is like there was an incident before they left that had to do with her specifically. And in, in my, like, I think that's what it is. Like, of course there's like no way to confirm it because the movie doesn't tell you, but yeah, yeah. But I think based on her rant, based on how the community treated them as they were leaving. I, and I think, you know, just there is this new baby, you know, like in the beginning. It, it all just to me draws draws to the fact that she probably committed adultery. Yeah. So William leaves to go out into the field and harvest corn. Um, Mercy is singing. Thomason's annoyed. And then the children start screaming and we cut right to Caleb and he's like mumbling and saying like he he's really kind of convulsing and saying like she's upon me in my stomach in my bowels she pinches me speaking of the witch yeah and then he starts bleeding from his mouth and his mouth is like clenched <sighs> shut and william <sighs> pries it open only time i had to look away in the film i could not i was like once he pulled that knife out and was started to put put it up to his uh caleb's teeth i was like i, I can't I gotta look away I can't, I can't look at this <laughs> And he pries his mouth open and an apple falls out and rolls across the floor. And it's, it's like covered rotten. in blood. It's got like rotten like little holes in it and mm-hmm. stuff too. Which is very witchy. The, well, the, yeah, the poison a, apple. Right. It's very classic uh, imagery. Yeah. I thought it was also just kind of, you know, he did talk about going to get apples. Exactly. So it, yeah. It was kinda was like, that was his sin. lie. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a... Almost like a dirty joke. Yeah. Like, and the witch probably knew that lie too, you know? Yeah. This is like, I'm like, this is where I'm like starting to get into the movie. Mm. Like, once Caleb's back and like we're getting into this like possession thing, I'm like, all right, all right. I'm like, like starting to feel it, starting to get really like honed in on like what's happening and the tension. Like, I really start to feel the tension within myself. Like as the viewer, mm-hmm. is it all starts right here for me. And then the kids drop the ball that 
Thomason is a witch and that she put a curse on them and then the father is like he's not here for it like um I know I mentioned earlier that he was like the father was accusing Tom like he was speaking to Catherine only he was telling her that Thomason is the one who put the devil in Caleb I think he was directly referring to Caleb like feeling like guiltily like seduced by his sister I think that's what he was referring to which is you know a scene an image we've seen in several scenes throughout the movie like we've mentioned before but now at this point he's completely denying that any of this witch business about Thomason is true and he makes Thomason admit that she is a woman of God and then they begin to pray and um they they really try to like shut up the kids talking about the witch stuff and then they're reciting a prayer that they must recite together all the time because mercy forgets her prayer and that's like a big deal yeah like like they're like when does this happen you know um mercy never forgets her yeah, prayer both the, both the little kids forget yeah both yeah and both jonas the other child they both it's forget like their prayer everything that's happening is like really unfortunately making it look like thomason is a witch you know mm-hmm. and then the kids start mumbling something else and then they start screaming and, and everyone gets really riled up and frustrated and then Caleb starts screaming again. She desires of my blood. She sends her devils. And he's saying, you know, all this, all this kind of possessing possession stuff. And then they're all reciting scripture. And the boy, Caleb, he even starts reciting with them, reciting scripture. And then he's smiling and he thinks he's in the, in the presence of Jesus and he moans of joy and then he dies. And, the kids, Mercy and Jonas, they like pass out. They're just like heavy breathing, laying down. Yeah. The mom is screaming and sobbing. William goes after Thomason after she ran outside and just was sobbing. I'm like, I'm like full on the edge of my seat, like, like white knuckling. Like this scene was so intense for me and it was very effective and like, like just really made me like the movie and <laughs> this is like when i started enjoying the movie basically and then it was just one thing after another yeah. that was like juicy yeah so good definitely one of the climaxes of the movie yeah yeah so william goes after thomason and he they, they kind of hold each other for a minute and he tries to kind of sweet talk her and talk about the farm and not talk about what just happened. He's like talking about ways they can improve the farm or how they could have done it better. And he's like, and then he's just then, doing it so he can be like, like buttering her up to tell her that, oh, I'm going to yeah. take you to the witch trial like tomorrow. <laughs> I have to. Yeah. And then he immediately goes into acknowledging that she disappeared with Caleb and that she was the one who stopped his prayer and that when they were upstairs when he died and he thinks she's a witch and she talks about how she heard her parents conversation about trying to rid of her rid her of the farm and she said that he took Caleb into the woods and made her take the blame for that too and then she talked about 
Black Philip and how Mercy and Jonas have been hanging out with Black Philip all day. And then she talks about how Lucifer takes the form of a he goat and whispers. So, um, in this moment, when she starts to throw Jonas and Mercy under the bus, basically, mm-hmm. is do you think that's like, do you think Thomason is self aware um, of her father's like devotion and like playing her father to just get out of it? Like, she's like basically realized that she's like fucked. So she's like, I'm going to throw my siblings under the bus so I can get out of the situation. Or does she actually believe that the siblings are in Oh, I think at that point the... she understands that there's something malevolent happening. Really? Yeah. I think this bit of information she drops about Black Phillip makes me wonder how long she's known about that. Yeah. Personally. Well, the thing is, like, why doesn't the father know? I feel like that's, like, common knowledge. Like, especially if you're such a devout, like, religion, like, to your to your religion and Satan's a part of that. Like you would know things like that. Well, uh, the goat is like a William's got a lot of shit going on. Got a lot of wood to chop. The farm's not doing that great. He's Uh, the one that's reciting shit more than anyone else. Well, I know, but I think that's blinders, honestly. Sure. That's his like defense mechanism. He just starts quoting scripture. Yeah. I think he's just blind to that stuff. And, and uh, you know, the children are susceptible. Yeah. And she says that Jonas and Mercy have made a covenant with the devil who has taken the form of Black Philip the goat. And we go back to Catherine and she's talking about how she's damned. They're all damned. Her son is damned. And the dad, William, he's boarding the kids in the barn with, with the goats. He, um, all the remaining kids. Um, this part was wild to me, like, like pinning up your, your children and casting them out because they're cursed. It's just as silly as like the bloodletting thing. Like it it goes back to my point of like, these, this is who these characters are at their core. Oh, fundamentally. Yeah. Fundamentally. They're the type of people to believe so much in this. No no future spoilers, but to believe in this these things that don't actually exist to where they would lock their kids up. I like find board that their kids part up. of it very interesting. Like that, that they are so like, they're so steeped in this belief that they'll go to that extent. Like one of you is a fucking witch <laughs> and y'all going in the barn until we figure this yeah. shit out. And I think part of it is just kind of punishing them for like yeah. creating all of this chaos and right. for also like, leaning into the fear of all of it too. Yeah. Well ultimately it's the father's fault <laughs> for being prideful and leaving the fucking village, but And this is how he handles it. Yeah. <laughs> and then while the kids are in there, Thomason asks the kids if they are witches and asks if the goat speaks to them. And then we just see Black Phillip sitting there <laughs> doing his thing. Williams praying and begging for redemption for his children. They pin up the kids all night. They slept in the barn all night, I guess until some shit went down. Catherine got out of bed. uh, Grabs the candle. Grabs the candle, walks over to the fire, turns around and sees Caleb 
one thing uh, I noticed that is a I, I and I'm assuming this is how they filmed s- some things in this film is that they cheat like the logic of where things are because like they like show like the the candle going into the fire to get lit like it's like it's, it's not actually going into the fire was it not already lit no she walks over to the fire and lights it oh, i guess i guess i didn't catch that cuz the fire was making the room glow anyway yeah yeah exactly and then so but like the, the way she moves it into it it's like there's no way she's moving her hand all the way into the fire there's obviously someone like right out of frame lighting it just for the sake of keeping that motion like fluid or something, mm-hmm. and they do that a couple times. Like they, the way they sh- they angle things, like uh, going back to the creek scene and Mercy being like when they shoot show Mercy like in the tall like grass or whatever, like saying I'm the witch of the woods, like like it almost it, it makes you think that it's like on the other side of the creek, but it's like probably on the same side of the creek. It's like they do a lot of really interesting stuff with cinematography in this film of like only showing enough cheating things to like kind of like lie to the to you as a viewer and stuff like that but it's like so effective like i i the cinematography stands out to me probably more than anything else in this movie i see this a lot in horror films too where there's one fluid shot of like going like 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 illustrating exactly what you were saying but i think it's for the sake of having someone or something like suddenly appear in a shot i think it's to make that happen all in one shot yeah um so they 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 do kind of cheat it but all in one shot she gets out of bed lights her candle and then it pans over and we see caleb holding sam um on the other side of the room and She's just happy. She's like not even confused. She's just happy that they're there. And she she says, my lambs, my angels. And first time in the movie, she's not completely a morose butthole. Yeah. And, and Caleb <laughs> says that, you know, that they, they've longed to see her. I guess Sam is maybe yeah. what he's talking about. He's, he's longed to see her and. He insists on her not waking up William and to let him sleep. And she immediately goes into breastfeeding um, Sam. Then we go back to the kids out in the barn, penned up, and they hear movement outside the barn. They or they hear yeah. a thump and then Jonas movement. and Mercy are like sleeping and then that's what wakes them up is the movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we cut back to inside. Um, with Caleb, Sam, and Catherine, and Caleb said he's brought a book for his mother, and she's at this moment she's holding Sam and she's feeding him, and then we cut back to the barn, and the kids see this, the backside of this like naked old woman, looks like the witch from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, looks just like the witch from the beginning of the movie, and she's sucking on the goat. Yeah, we're assuming sucking blood, the blood. out of the goat. <laughs> And she turns around and we see she's like old and really scary looking and she just lets out this like big laugh, this yeah. cackle. It's very witchy. It's so good. She's happy as hell. So good, dude. It's and then like, the kids scream. Yeah. And we cut back to Catherine and she's alone. Last and- time we see Jonas and Mercy. 
right? Last time we see them. And also the last time we see Caleb and Sam um, was yeah. in the shop. Flip. Yeah, yeah. So now we go back to Catherine and sh there's nobody there except a crow. And her, right. her there's just like blood coming from her The nipple. crow's pecking at the nipple. Yeah. It's like you see like the skin pull oh, away from it. It's like dude. so fucking visceral. In, 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 the, in Catherine's just like, <laughs> She's like, elated. Yeah, she's elated. So amazing. Like when this, once this movie gets full supernatural it's ramped it's yeah. incredible dude they're just sending it supernaturally it's sending it supernaturally <laughs> and then uh Catherine's in bed with william and william gets up out of bed and we see this blood coming from Catherine's breast and william gets out of bed and goes outside and walks around and sees just like slaughtered animals like we don't the see dead the kids goats. we just see the dead goats and thomason laying like amongst them and, and sort of thomason kind of coming to right at the yeah. moment yeah kind of like waking up and realizing what yeah. what was going on I, I instantly in this moment was like oh this is so perfectly set up to make thomason look even more like the witch mm -hmm. you know and then this is when black philip lands on william just like out of out of frame gores his ass and hurts him really bad he's bleeding out of his mouth and also amazing accuracy from that goat like those <laughs> horns are pointing backwards mm -hmm. and he just gores this dude right in the stomach yep really good accuracy very athletic and the goat charges at him and all this chopped wood piled up falls on him maybe if you weren't chopping so much wood yeah, that's you the, wouldn't have died. The chickens coming home to roost. Like literally, because there's such an absurd amount of wood, is like why he gets trapped it, under he, the wood. He was the, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was the engineer of his own demise, <laughs> and he's dead. I guess that's a he really did. great way of like visually representing that. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah, because that's kind of the the whole movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's set them up for failure. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Thomason comes out of the barn and comes over to her dad and then her mother grabs her head and throws her down and she's so angry and she's crying and she thinks Thomason is a witch and the devil is in her and Thomason's denying it and her mom persists that she preyed on her brother and preyed on her dad and this is when she's accusing her of lusting over them and she just is like throwing her down and beating her. And Thomason has had a had a knife on her and pulled it out and cut her mother's face. And her mom is over her, just dripping blood on her and crying and screaming, trying to choke her. And Thomason stabbed her mother to get her off. No, it's not a stab. He's it's just like chopping. Just He's like slicing. Her, yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I'm I'm taking notes a lot of the time. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Look away. And I just thought she was stabbing her. It was like a butcher knife. It, yeah. And she just kind of like while she's on top of her, just like hacking away at her back and her arms and stuff. Just like just slicing. Like it looked like to me, it looked like the same motion as when the face was cut the first time, mm -hmm. but then just kept doing that same thing. So just sliced the fucking probably In got case, the jugular at some point And then she's dead. She did. Yeah. And they just kind of laid there for a while after Catherine died. And we get a wide shot of that. 
And then she throws her mom off and sits up and gets up. And she's walking around and she looks into the woods. And then she goes inside and she removes her dress and puts on like a sweater or a coat, I guess. And just sits down at the table and puts her head down. And... I'd like to pause things for just a second to talk about our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Freya Farms, uh, a local Nashville farm run by Dakota Jernigan and Sperry Whiteway. Uh, they offer salad sacks. Look out for them on Instagram, Freya Farms. Farming it up. Where are we at plot-wise now? Plot-wise... She plot. just killed her mom. Plot-wise, yeah, she, she, right. she killed her mom, went inside. She was resting at the table. Put on a big down, old coat. And then time passes, and we hear chimes, and she sits up and looks outside and takes a candle out to the barn and sees Black Phillip. And Black Phillip goes inside the... Or I guess she met she went outside and black philip was outside and he walked into the barn and she followed him and she tries to get him to speak to her like she does with jonas and mercy and then he says what dost thou want and he basically asked her if she wanted all the joys of life if she wanted to taste butter or have a pretty dress or live deliciously or see the world mm-hmm. were, were y'all was this a big moment for y'all in the film oh yeah for when, sure when when the voice respond like when oh yeah yeah when definitely. you actually heard the voice yeah, yeah it's not it's unexpected completely for the in the first for a first time viewer yeah you're not really like ever expecting like the incarnation of satan yeah so it's like wild that it actually happens and that you actually get a visual of like a human form of Satan, dude, the, which comes on Lucifer. Yeah, it's like very slow at first. You just see like a leg, for you see like you see a goat walking. leg and a boot. It's like yeah. you see both. You see it transform, like basically. a bo- Yeah, yeah. It's like a boot with a spur. It's like yeah, very cool cowboy. Like, kind Satan of thing. dresses dope, dude. I absolutely lost my shit when this happened. Like, was so stoked. I think the voice is so fucking incredible mm-hmm. as like the a, a Lucifer voice, a Satan voice, and it like sent chills up my back in like an exciting way, and I just didn't expect the movie to really go here. Yeah, I it's really, really surprising. thought the movie was gonna be like, oh, their corn like made them hallucinate <laughs> or some shit. You well, know? yeah, that's something I read actually is the stuff you see on the corn. Mm-hmm. It did make people hallucinate, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really thought that was like where this movie was gonna go. Um, also, it's Satan offering butter. The Catholic Church thought that was like a sin to eat butter. Wow. Back then. Back then. Of course not now. I mean, the Good Friday thing has been altered so many times. Mm-hmm. It used to be no meat, and then they were like, "Well, fish. We're not gonna consider fish meat, so mm-hmm. you can eat fish on Good Friday." Yeah, butter's the devil. And then he at, he tells her to look at the book before her, and well, asks if she sees a book. He yeah, which is notes, very interesting. He asks her to see the book before her. It's like I feel like you don't see the book unless you 
have that in you to see the book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a believer almost to like see the book. Yeah, I feel like Catherine didn't see the book. No, no. And then he asks her in a very fancy way to remove her clothes. And then we see the boots behind Black Phillip. And then we see Lucifer behind Thomason, like over her shoulder, kind of in the shadows. Um, he got like a hoof hand. Looking like big looking, fancy hat. Looking like Father Gascoigne from Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Looking piratey, kind of. Yeah. Tiffany. Yeah. Tiffany was like, "Who the? When the fuck did Jack Sparrow get here?" <laughs> <laughs> A bit swarthy. And he's speaking to her, and he guides her into the woods, and she's naked, and he's a goat again at this point. He's mm-hmm. he was only a human for that one shot over her shoulder in the barn, and we hear whispering and then we hear like growling and chanting and it's kind of accelerating a bit. And then we see witches around a fire, like writhing and flailing their heads around and they're naked. One of them has a staff and they're having a a party. Oh, such a great time. It's so fucking metal. Like I'm so happy the witches won, you know, I'm so happy Satan won. Like, couldn't have asked for a better outcome. Loved it. Yeah, they're hanging around that fire, just sending it. <laughs> Literally, I don't know how else this movie would have ended. <laughs> like, right. I, at, the, yeah. at the point where Thomason was the last one standing, yeah. I was like, I mean, she has to be a, a witch now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, who, yeah. Who else is her in her clique? You know. Yeah. What we find out is this: this whole thing is a recruitment. Uh, it's <laughs> literally that is that is the movie. Mm-hmm. And a it's witch gets really rec- fascinating. A new witch gets recruited. Yeah, um, and it and um, I want to point out uh, there's a specific point in the movie where this starts, and it's when you see Thomason praying in the barn. Like she's playing in the barn. There's like a blue light kind mm-hmm. of on Thomason, and it's like one of the first things uh, when we're at the farm, and she's asking like, "Please, you know, like." begging for like god to like help them you know mm-hmm. and help her and yeah, she's asking for mercy and light yeah yeah because kindness. she knows that like their crops aren't like r- yielding any results like they've yeah. been exiled like she's asking for help from from god and in that moment god doesn't hear it but you know who does black philip black philip satan and that sets the in in the events for the rest of the movie and it's a in 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 you also this is backed up by the fact that the opening shot of the film is thomason's face the closing shot of the film is thomason's face and you can look at like a side-by-side shot of that and it's like thomason's super bummed out (laughs) in that first shot the last shot thomason is Stoked. Might be a little bloody, but stoked. But stoked, <laughs> having a great time. She's a fr- she's free. All that shit. Exactly. She got liberated. It's a mm. exactly that when I, when this movie was over, I was like, is this a liberation story for Thomason? And it kind of is in a way. You know, getting out of this puritanical fucking lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> she's watching the witches, and then they begin to float. And then we get a close up on Thomason and she begins to float and she's 
happy and laughing. She's still covered in blood. And then we get these like spooky, howly noises with visuals of these like witches rising up. And then the movie ends. Sick ending. So good, dude. Yeah, pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. I think that leads us right into uh, the next part, our review of the film. Daily, you want to kick us off with your review you want me to go first? of which? Yes. All right. Um, going to go back to my first impressions. I think this is a kick-ass movie in a vacuum. When I apply my personal bias, I don't enjoy it until the very end. <laughs> so it's hard for me to... Um, I almost want to give it like two reviews, like two scores. And I don't really know, like, we never really talked about this. Like, should our reviews be our personal opinion on it or like a critical eye? Like, is this a good movie? Yes or no? I think that uh, we might as well allow ourselves whichever perspective we're feeling, you know? Yeah. In the past, they've just been our personal you know, reviews. Yeah, just explain yourself. I think that the, f <laughs> I think, and I, I don't know exactly when this happens in the film, but up until Caleb coming back, I would give this movie like a six. And then Caleb coming back to the end, I would give like a nine or a 10. Hmm. Like I'm completely engaged from Caleb coming back till the end of the film. But prior to that, even though it's a very brisk film and only an hour and 30 minutes long, I still just don't give a fuck about a lot of like what these characters are doing. And that's my own personal bias about the, the, the period piece and like just not caring at all about these, these, these people in this time period. I think the the period to me seems like a natural choice just given um, how people's attitudes were towards witches at the time and, you know, to what measures people would go to to avoid witches, like burning people at the stake, like killing, like, you know, people who were just even accused of being a witch. Um, I think, I think it seems natural, you know, and I think, I think it's I, the time period also, I think, allows for certain like writing tools to um give leverage on the events that happen in the story yeah i i completely agree and that's why like as as a film i i cannot give this less than a nine probably um because i think it is very effective and i think also i just i I really respect that it's an hour and 30 minutes long. Like I, I really, really respect that point because it is already so boring, this subject matter that keeping it that short makes someone like me be able to enjoy it I've by the this, end of it. I've seen this movie before too. And I certainly thought it was longer than what it actually was. It's only an hour and a half. And I think it, um, it it moves kind of slowly. Like I feel like a lot happens, but just maybe the way the story is told, maybe the way it's shot, yeah. maybe the way the characters kind of carry themselves, it seems like it moves a little slowly. Yeah, and I think maybe that 
is helpful that it was also only an hour and a half because it it could have translated a lot differently had it been longer with with it feeling kind of slow yeah i would have cut like 30 minutes out of the pre caleb coming back being bewitched i would have cut like 15 to 30 minutes of that and added about 15 to 30 minutes more of the supernatural stuff that they go full into by the end of the movie. Like I'm so fascinated by black Philip and that Satan and that aesthetic of Satan and Lucifer and the aesthetic of the witches and the coven. I'm so into that that I just want more of that. Honestly, I like the building of like everyone getting stressed out and kind of driving each other to madness a little bit in, in the chaos of everything. Yeah. It reminded, it made me think of the twilight zone episode, the (gasps) monsters, or on Maple Street, I think something like that. The monsters are Maple Street, where it's like the aliens are making a whole cul-de-sac turned against each other. Yeah, I think I remember that. But yeah, uh, this whole movie made me think of the Twilight Zone episode. Uh, it's like the monsters on Maple Street or something like that, where the aliens are trying to turn the whole cul-de-sac against each other. And that's kind of like what the witches are doing to the family. You know, they're turning the family against Thomason to recruit Thomason to be a witch, you know. Um mm-hmm. it's it's like a classic horror trope of like the villain is like tricking the the bystanders, you know, into turning against themselves, like turning against their own kind, you know. Yeah. But uh yeah, so <laughs> uh the daily rating um, let's say cartridges. I'll give it six cartridges out of ten. The the movie rating. I'll give it nine VHS tapes out of ten. Yeah, cartridges like game cartridges. Okay. Yeah, I give it six game cartridges out of ten. Nine VHS tapes out of ten. Good. That's how yeah. I feel. You're uh, you're allowing yourself to have your personal opinion and view it as a film. I wouldn't watch it again. Basically, is what I'm saying. Even though yeah. I think it's an uh, incredibly well-made movie. Yeah. I would say um, that I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it being a period piece. I enjoyed the pacing of it, the build of the whole thing. I think this movie like accomplished everything it set out to do. Um, it surprised me in a way that few films can. Uh, especially horror films. I just feel like those are really telegraphed a lot of times. But this one just really... Um, it, it surprised me the whole way through. And that's more or less what I want out of any film is to kind of keep me guessing in a way that doesn't feel uh, cheap. Um, it's not a traditional horror movie in that there's like jump scares or like... There, there's anything like that, really. It's more just like creepy and unsettling and like graphic and horrific. Yeah. Uh, which is great. It, it plays a little more on the psychological than um, just simply, you know, jumping out at you. The setting alone is like horrifying. Definitely. Like just thinking about <laughs> being alive in this time yeah. period is like, and just being Thomason. Like oh, yeah. putting yourself in Thomason's shoes is probably the, the scariest thing about watching this movie. Like 
be like being Thomas and being like, oh my god, I'm about to be convicted of being a witch, and I'm not even a witch yet. <laughs> you and know then what I mean? In the end, she is that witch. Yeah, hundred percent that witch. One, <laughs> um, which is great. Like that's you know, she just like gets the power at the end. Yeah, and it kind of is a, like a feminist story. Ultimately, you know, you you leave you have all this like repression and oppression of the the puritanical family and then by the end of it she's like chilling with her homies like mm. this coven of witches it's cool yeah kind of like witches in general or feminists yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i do really i was the movie really does kind of make you think you're about to leave the farm you know like that you're going to go somewhere else like the village <laughs> huh <laughs> oh no no but it's because like they spend so much time talking about like like as a first time viewer i'm like i'm like yeah they get sick they're gonna have to go out of the farm oh right like go like into that. town and Even deal yeah. with several it. times they talk about yeah oh, we're gonna go into town and get apples or we're gonna go into town and sell i love that cup. it never does and it, they never I love do that it never yeah. does it's like it's perfectly insular yeah in a way a little that bit it keeps of you with yeah it yeah just it keeps builds everything that anxiety. claustrophobic and yeah you're only with these like Five characters, six characters, yeah. the whole time. Uh, I thought all the acting was incredible. All the kids are killing it. Yeah. Um, the parents are great. Those two actors, um, they starred on Game of Thrones, both of them, but they would never had a scene together. Wow. Uh, but yeah, they were incredible. Everybody was great. That goat was n- great, <laughs> but I guess. Gave the production a little trouble, but uh, so all that to say, like you know, the movie really surprised me. Uh, I'm not like a huge fan of horror films, but this is definitely one of my favorites now, and I give it uh, nine VHS tapes. Was this your first time seeing it? I've seen it like a bunch of times. Okay, as I said, this is not my first time seeing this film. I really love this film. I remember watching it for the first time and it, it really did surprise me in a lot of ways. You know, I I think it's all kind of silly. They're just doing it to be hot, really. <laughs> like the witch life. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You're reaping the benefits of um, just being a young mortal, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were a lot of moments that made me laugh. I I love the witch cackle. It's probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Oh, we forget, Michael. We forgot to do our witch cackle. No, we're gonna do them after the release. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, like coming up, I want to hear everybody's <laughs> witch cackle, and somehow we need feedback. Yeah, we, we need we need feedback from y'all on who has the best cackle. We need, yeah, feedback on our best cackle, and also send us a video of you doing your best. If you witch think cackle. you have a good cackle, send it in. Maybe send we'll play it, it on the next episode. <laughs> I'm sure you can top these cackles, but we're not there yet. I thought the casting was really well done. All the characters were convincing, even even aside from you know their attitudes towards each other and religion and. Um, witchcraft. Um, I think the casting was really well done. I think the acting was really good. 
I like how kind of muted the whole thing looked. It was all just kind of like gray. Yeah. Um, in the in the color correcting for this film, it it gave me a lot of anxiety. I think during the build up parts of the film, I this probably is one of my favorite horror movies. Um, wow. And I think I'm gonna give it. I think I'm gonna do eight and a half VHS tapes out of ten. Nice, nice, nice. Let's hear that witch cackle. (laughs) That was Abby. That was me, Michael. (laughs) That was really good. Uh, Okay. Um. <laughs> nice. Aha! 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 Dig it. All that's right. Like what, that's kind of like what I was trying to just do what the witch did when the witch turns around. They mm-hmm. kind of just go, That smile. Oh, no that teeth. Was, no teeth smile. So good. Yeah. Why do you think the witches are always naked? I just feel like. Is easier that way. Is it easier? It's, it's breezier. About. It's easier. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Who doesn't want to? Like they live in life the way they want. Well, I mean, know? they're probably casting a spell, like a protective spell that keeps them like warm and shit, so they don't even like need the clothes. Yeah, they're not worried about warmth at that point. No. Yeah. All right. Um, let they're us know who did the best witch cackle. They're nudists. Yeah. Apparently. All right. That's everybody's review. That's everybody's cackle. Now we're going to talk about what's up daily. Let's let's walk over. Let's take a stroll over to the corner of the room known as Daily's Video Game Corner. We haven't been here since uh, episode zero when I talked about uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. Got another game to talk about. It's called The Good Life. Um, it's- With Zach and Cody. <laughs> the good that's the sweet life. Oh right. Thank you very much. Okay. Um The Good Life is a um debt repayment life sim, very much in the vein of games like Animal Crossing and Tulip or uh Harvest Moon, uh Stardew Valley, uh all games that fit into this mold where you are basically in a town, there is a in game clock that uh you know, things happen at different times in the day within the game. So you have to, you know, the store is only open from 8 p.m. 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. or whatever. So you have to shop during certain hours. Different characters are in different places in the town during certain times of the day. You have to keep track of all that stuff or quests you do. It's basically an RPG uh, where the focus isn't on combat and the focus is on a lot of other verbs. So normally when you play a video game, your verbs are, you know, attack or talk, you know. Mm -hmm. In this game, uh, you play a photographer that is uh, from New York City, goes to this quaint little town in England, and you're in severe debt to your, uh, the magazine you work for, like the publisher you work for or whatever. You're in, you're in like crazy debt, like three million pounds. Okay. And or they're called like emokes is like the currency in this game. Uh, 
so you go here to try and escape your debt. The debt follows you there. So you're like, well, I'll just start doing like little odd photo jobs here in this town. You find out that the town, there's like a deeper mystery. Uh, everyone turns into cats and dogs on the full moon of every month or whenever the full moon comes around. It's like every eight, uh, every like couple weeks in the game, in game time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Everyone in the town either turns into a cat or a dog. And you have to, um, along with managing your hunger and your tiredness and your health and all these other like like stat statistics, like The Sims, you are also managing a meter that is either putting you on team dog or team cat. And uh, you have different quests that open up to you based on whether you're team dog or team cat. Team dog. Team dog all the way. <laughs> uh, also, when you're team a, dog, when you're a dog, you uh, can go around and piss on certain points, and it marks your territory. And then it like gives you a dig spot in that territory, and you get a rare item like in that mm, in that area. Nice. So that that's what I want to really talk about with this game is that, like I said, you're a photographer. You come to this town, uh, you got a, lo- a lot of debt to pay off. The game is structured in a, uh, you know, hour by hour, day by day structure, just like real life. Um, but the thing that makes this game so uh, intriguing for me is that you have different verbs that games normally give you to play with. You know, in most games, you're attacking, combating things. In this, when you're a dog, you can piss on things and you mark your territory and that gives you like special items and you you reveal a dig spot when you piss in the area and stuff like that. Um, you take a lot of, you have a lot of photo assignments where you have to take photos of specific people, places, and things. Um, also, you have a fake social media like Instagram kind of thing called Flamingo in the game that you can upload photos to and every week you have different hot words and if you upload photos that are of the hashtags, like the hot words, you get more money for those things. Like every like, like gains you like money and you can deposit that money to your account. So you have all these things that you typically don't see in a video game. Like all these like more like contemporary real life things that are integral to the progression of the game and gives you a truly different experience than you're used to in a lot of video games. And uh, this is all packaged in a very uh like twin peaks david uh what's his name david lynch david lynch-esque like lynchian characters in the town like they're like the like the magical realism kind of thing like where everyone's really normal but then they just say weird ass shit mm-hmm. like in the middle of their dialogue you know and the game kind of goes into these places where, you know, this town has this crazy history of like kind of being tied to Arthur, Arthur, like King Arthur, Arthurian legends, mm-hmm. like stuff like that, English folklore. Um, and it's truly unlike anything else I've played. There's very few games that I can say that remind me of this game. Tulip is one of them. Um, which is a PS2 game that's also like a town simulator, like life simulator kind of thing with like mm-hmm. a weird twist to it. Uh, and this game has that weird twist with a quaint town. Um, 
the developer uh the it's kind of like one of the few auteur developers in games uh so you have like hideo kojima you know that's like an auteur when you think about video games you think of hideo right. kojima you think of um uh david jaffe from the twisted metal series you think of um cliff blazinski with with gears of war there's very few like single people that are like tied to games that like are tours the way like like you think of Guillermo del Toro and uh Quentin Tarantino like there's there's not a lot of those equivalents in video games where there's like a single person that's like it's mostly their, their vision. vision yeah um and sweary uh is like the code name the moniker for the for like the creator of this game mm-hmm. uh his name is sweary um he's worked on other games like Deadly Premonition which is even more of a direct Twin Peaks esque game. You actually play a detective in like a town, and it's it's even more like Twin Peaks, um, and that's like set in America. Um, I gotta say, all the all the things you're saying about this game, you know, in the, in this surreal, make it sound interesting. Yeah, but uh, I will never play this game because it, it has elements of debt repayment and yeah. like going to work and uh, doing social media, and I already hate that about my life, so. I'm not trying to like add that into the gameplay. It's aspect. so it's so weird because I I have all I do all that in my life too and like it's it's I think it's because I play so many video games that any It's probably refreshing it's to have refreshing it be to not, something that isn't like action based. Well, it is actually it's still well, action well, based. You know what like, I mean? Like that it's isn't not um, combat based. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's not combat based and it's also not um because like there's plenty of games that are like visual novels where there's like no action where it's like just dialogue. Yeah. But this game is it's an open world objective based RPG. You have stats, you level up like it is. I'm an sure RPG. if I played it, it would be fun. But it, the just, idea of like, oh, yeah, you have uh, you have stress, you have like life stresses. I ain't trying yeah. to get if you that. if you go outside with less than 50 percent like hunger and like health then you can catch a cold like in the rain. Mm-hmm. If you go out in the rain with like and you you have like your your stomach meters like below 50% and your health worry meters about below that 50%, every day. you get a cold. I worry and then about you have to go to the doctor day. and like get cold treatment medicine or like it, you can get a toothache if you if you eat while your while your general health is like too low and stuff like that. Mm. And you have to eat salads. Like the game goes so far where you can't just eat like potatoes every day. You have to actually eat like greens. Mm-hmm. To increase your like health, all your food groups. Yeah, because like you have you have a hunger meter, which is one thing, but then you have a health meter, which is just like a general healthiness. Mm-hmm. And you in eating a potato only increases your stomach, like it fills up your stomach, but does not fill up your health meter. Right. Um, I think it's a, it's a game that not a lot of people are going to hear about, and not a lot of people listen to this podcast, but the ones that do. Are gonna know about this game now? Yeah, I don't want to naysay it. I've never played it, and I'm only adverse to uh, responsibilities. And it's a bad game. I'm just gonna say that right now. It's a bad game. Like it's clunky. It does not play well. It does not control well. There are game breaking bugs that, <laughs> like, you just like will just lose progress. There was a there was a bug where if you upgraded your storage above 150 items, the game would just crash every time you opened your storage. Damn. on on uh, the steam version so it's like it's a very buggy game it's it's a it's a it's an indie game it's not made by a huge team not a huge budget yeah um it's actually been in development for quite a while it was like Square's attempt to like 
crowdfund uh, an RPG. He wanted to make oh, a cool. cat RPG. <laughs> and this game is his cat RPG, basically, where you can turn into a cat. And he also had to throw yeah. dogs in there. Yeah, well, once you unlock the ability, you can turn into either one. And the cat gives you certain things. The dog gives you other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get the best of both worlds. Cool. Yeah. But... uh. Check it out, y'all. The good life. If you're going to play it, maybe don't do side missions. Just mainline the story. But, yeah. Nice. All right. For my what's up, I'm going to talk about the Mouthhole Halloween show coming up this Friday. I guess today, the day that this airs. Um, yep. So, if you're listening and, to it in the morning. Yeah. Then come out to the show tonight. Um, it'll start at 8 o'clock. We've got cover bands. Uh, Blondie. Billy Eilish. Good Charlotte and Stevie Nicks, along with the costume contest and candy and bring your own beer. Uh, it's free. Come on out. In the past, um, we've had this will be our this will be our ninth Halloween show. Wow. Um, previous Halloween shows have had such themes as haunty tonk, uh, spook easy. Uh, I bet, Halloween twenty one sixteen. Hundred years Max, in the future. Ex- exorcism. <laughs> exorcism. Oh, that was a good one. Exorcism was a good one. I love the like Gatorade with like liquor in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Max is upset that it's not the uh, haunty tonk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sundays would have had fun with that, but we've already done it, so uh, not going back to the well. This year is uh, Happy Holidays, Halloween. The war on Halloween. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's a hey, battle for Halloween. This sounds by like all a the recycled bit. Holidays. <laughs> Does it? I don't know. They're all pretty bad, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be uh, Santa Claus. So come check that out. It's not what you expect. Uh, oh. And. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Other than I had dipping dot dip dip not dipping, I have to lose the G. Dipping dots the, for the first time at the Rolling Stones show. What? Um, I'd always seen them and heard about them, and I knew they were for for the future. And it just took me a long time to get to the the future. Rolling Stones. How how would you yeah. rate <laughs> first? How would you rate dipping dots, and then how would you rate the Rolling Stones? Okay, so show? first off, I like the ice cream. You know, I'm 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 into ice cream. I like it. And uh, as far as Dippin' Dots go, I was skeptical because it's all these little pieces. How's that going to work? How's that going to taste like ice cream to me? But then it all just kind of like does its thing in your mouth. And it's really ice cream. It just it's like just pretty much probably, like little balls of ice cream. Yeah, it probably just dropped into liquid nitrogen. You mm-hmm. get your balls, yeah. your yeah. dots. Your dots, as it were. Yeah, uh, it worked not, out. It was tasty. Not astronaut ice cream, though. It's a different thing, right? I mean, I, I don't know if they took that to the moon or whatever. Isn't astronaut, everything just dehydrated, yeah, it's just dehydrated. powder or something. You have to spit on it to <laughs> moisturize it. <laughs> um, so yeah, they were really tasty. I rate them. Uh, let's see, I'm gonna give them seven and a half VHS tapes, and then the Rolling Stones were fucking incredible. Like I got tired watching Mick Jagger run around. I was only standing in place. And I was exhausted. Uh, oh, you wasn't seated? 
It was seated. Oh, okay. right. Like people stood stood up for the most. At the yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, no, this is my problem the most part. with seated venues, and then everyone stands up anyways. It's like, what's the point of playing a seated venue? Like well, there are moments where people sit down, but um, like when they don't come on, it's nice to have the option. <laughs> right. Exactly. You sit down during your first band, then the Stones come on, and you're like, oh, who's ah. the opener? It's not even worth talking about. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, so. They, it was incredible, I, like to see these people, like in their late seventies, honestly giving more energy to the crowd than people in their twenties that I see around town. Like <laughs> insane, insane, like marathon of a show. Yeah, and they played really well. They like were into it. They, you could tell that they were enthusiastic, that they liked what they were doing still. And it was charming and really fun. Uh, great rock and roll show. I wow. give that 10 out of 10 VHS wow, tapes. Wow, that's a big or, score for uh, those vinyls. They should take this quote. I saw them probably five years ago in Orlando. Um, and I, I also thought it was a really fun time. It was really? a really good show. I just don't like the Rolling Stones. I like I don't even like actively listen to them. It was just like a party. It was a fun like, time. It was just a fun time, and then like I already knew all their shit because I've heard it for however long. Yeah, and I've I'm guessing they're not playing deep cuts. They're probably playing hits at this point. I mean, for the most part, yeah. There's like you're gonna hear the the classic songs, but you know they played a few thing a few things, uh, a few things that few uh, things that you weren't expecting. So that's nice. They, they I mean, play, you know, I'm going to want to hear them play Sway, which is a deep cut, but they're not going to play that. They, did they play that their hit song, Lick It? I don't know that one. <laughs> I just assumed they had a song called Lick It. No, I think you would assume that's because of the tongue and the mouth and stuff. But yeah. uh, That's exactly I why. Think, I don't think they do. I'm sure they're, the lyrics, Lick It, yeah, are they've gotta be somewhere. 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 Like, Lick catalog. might be separate from It. <laughs> Might even be in a different song, but the, it's in there. I'm sure you can cut it together. I have to say, my one and only disappointment uh, was this. I, I I watched them from the pedestrian bridge the last time they were at Nissan Stadium, and uh, Mick Jagger was talking to the audience briefly, and he was asking people uh, if, if like where they were from. Basically, like any of you from Knoxville, and then he said. Any of you from Chattanooga? <laughs> I just really like thought that it was hilarious the way he said Chattanooga, and so I was really hoping he would just say Chattanooga again. Chattanooga, uh, and he didn't say it. He said like every other city. I feel like a lot of people not from here are really just they probably just think Chattanooga is hilarious. Like, did, did he say like Johnson City? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Or Paris, Tennessee. <laughs> Dixon. Dixon County. Goodlitzville. Bald Knob. <laughs> Holden Holdenwald. Hermitage. <laughs> Hermitage is a good one, yeah. Antioch. That's not. <laughs> These all sound like they could be like English towns. <laughs> they all exist in Tennessee. <laughs> yep. I think bald knob. No, that might not be in Tennessee. That might be Alabama. Isn't there a Baldwin, Tennessee? I think so. But let's not get into that. Let's not bring up Baldwin. Let's not bring up Alec Baldwin's. Too soon. Sorry. Um, 
yeah so that's it does anyone uh, anyone have anything else you want to talk about uh, what you're going to wear to the halloween show so i guess i've had short blonde hair for a while and I, every year i'm like you know I, I should just be draco malfoy i always end up doing something else but this year i'm i'm committing but i'm not gonna wear the like slytherin cloak i'm gonna be like sexy grown up Draco turtleneck. That, that wears like turtleneck yeah. and a black suit, but he still has his wand. The wand, yeah. yeah. Or you could do the cane, like the like the Malfoy cane, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Let's more keep his it simple. That is his dad, That's, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think I just need a wand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sick fit, sick black suit, dude. With turtleneck. Finally committing. Finally going to do the Malfoy. Finally committing. Mal- Honestly, Malfoy at the mouth hole. You <laughs> kind of have a similar like. Facial structure, you know, even to that actor. That. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe why really this is coming up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. That's a great, great costume idea. What about y'all? I don't have mine yet. I'm notoriously awful at at d- picking a Halloween um, costume. Yeah, I usually have a last minute fit. Yeah, mine always usually tends to go with the theme of the show. So uh, yeah. having it be all holidays, I am. Uh, Santa Claus, but I I want to be like a uh, a modern. I'm putting a modern spin on the Santa Claus, mm-hmm. like Pete Davidson as Santa Claus, kind of. Yeah, like a post Malone Pete Davidson. Justin <laughs> yeah. Bieber kind I'm of. so yeah. excited for that. Claus. Yeah, I'm gonna have face <laughs> tattoos and a neck tattoo, Hell and yeah. uh, I'm really just gonna be sending it as Santa. You know? Sending it, absolutely sending it. Uh, the past few years, I've just been like a sexy fill in the blank. <laughs> Like I was like a sexy raccoon or a sexy fly. Like it's the holiday for the sexy outfit. I love just finding something that's like. I like how you're not taking like non-sexy. Just make it make it sexy. Yeah. Uh, one year, a friend of mine came as a sexy baby, uh, which was a great costume. It was like a onesie, and it was, it was the whole thing. But it was incredible. Oh, that's funny. At one anniversary show, another friend of mine, like, actively wore a diaper to the show. That's fun because <laughs> it was our like third birthday party. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, you know, I don't really know what to be. Do y'all have suggestions? You got any suggestions for my my Halloween costume? I would say for as much as you love video games, there's like a million characters that you could be. I already, I did Link one year. That's a great costume. Yeah, yeah. but I did especially for you. I did the pajama Link from Wind Waker because I have like the blue yeah. pajamas that he wears. Great but costume. See, this is the other thing that I've realized recently is that the a the only bad Halloween costume is one that you have to explain the entire night. Yeah, I well, I yeah, like, that could be fun if if it like if you help people snap into like a great realization that can be fun. Yes, but if it's sort of like too obscure, like if you're picking something that's so obscure that even explaining it doesn't quite do it, then that's not going to work. Yeah, but there are certain puns and things that like oh, are totally. fun. That if like you end up arriving at it with them, like the it... like the three hole punch gym from the office, sure. Where it's like as soon as you say it, it's like funny, you know. Right, you but you don't want it, it to be but, so yeah. obscure that you have to explain to them like, oh, it was this thing from this time. That yeah, was like where it, that's what I'm saying. Like even when I win as Link, it I had to explain it because no one knows the pajama Link from Wind Waker because you only get it once you beat the game. 
And then when you start a second playthrough, you can wear Link's pajamas through the entire game. Just be Bezos in space for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Or, um, I don't know, I love when people dress as like a meme. Yeah. Or like as like a a specific invent, invent, event. Event, yeah. In like social media. Uh, My favorite ever mouthful. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Be one of those um like tube things that are connected to like a, a yeah, it's like whee! wacky inflatable arm. <laughs> yeah, 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 that you yeah. see in on like yeah. car lots. Those yeah, are yeah, fun. Yeah. Those are fun. Um, my favorite ever mouthful costume was uh, somebody showed up in this extremely elaborate, very well done Invisible Man costume with like the gauze wrapped around. And like the sunglasses and a very nice suit. It was just very well done. And then I only saw them once and never saw them again. That's funny. And like. What you'd expect. Yeah. I was hoping that either they went into the bathroom and like took that costume off and where somebody else completely had another costume maybe and (laughs) went back downstairs. (laughs) Or they just go for like one minute to every show, like every like party in town. (laughs) Yeah. That's it's hilarious. Like you can only see them once and then it's over. Yeah. It was great. So yeah, I'm thinking about being something real simple this year. Yeah. Like a I tomato. Mean, sure. Or a, the mummy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, anything. Just yeah. like you like something silly. A flower. Yeah. Yeah. That'd a microphone. Cool. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just wear I'll wear all silver and then have like a helmet that looks like a like the top of a microphone. Yeah. I think a fun Halloween costume idea is like be like uh the work from home person so wearing <laughs> business just on your torso uh, yeah. and your hair is done and you have a cup of coffee and then you're just wearing pjs yeah. or like maybe like boxers and that's like funny. some slippers and what a time to be alive <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun that's a fun fit yeah, easy, that's easy, easy. That's like these people are never going to want to go back to the office why would you ever go back <laughs> you've, know, right? you've already cut down on like Cost of the office space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Productivity's probably up. Mm-hmm. You get to hang out in your PJs on the bottom. Yeah. Why ever go back? Why you ever get to go back? drink wine in a thermos. Right. Nobody no one would ever know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. That's uh, the what's up section of our podcast. Uh, check out the social media ampm.video on Instagram. Uh, keep a lookout for a Twitch stream. We haven't been particularly regular with those, but we're looking to amp that up. Uh, if you have a suggestion of a game you'd like to see us play, just drop that in the comments section. Um, check out our Patreon. Uh, Daily, do you have the address for that? Uh, it's just patreon.com slash video. Nice. Yeah, check that out. There's some cool uh, rewards parts of that, uh, depending on what tier you, you opt in at. Um. Thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah. Hit us up with suggestions for movies. What what movie should we do next? Uh, real quick about the Patreon. Um, just a reminder that that doesn't just support the podcast. It also supports uh, things we want to do that are not people paying us to do them. That means short films. That means Twitch streaming. That means a lot of things. Trips to Six Flags. Trips to Six Flags. There's not one close that close anymore, you know? Yeah. They got rid of the one in Kentucky. I know why didn't I said they? that. I would never go with you two I to Six Flags. I always went to the Atlanta one, anyways. Hmm. Even with I'm, the option of the Kentucky one, I don't even want to risk it anymore. I don't like honestly. roller coasters. I'm just over it, y'all. Don't be sleeping on Holiday World. Yeah, like, Splash and if, Safari. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. if you like 
maybe if you like rides but not roller coasters like it's it's a fun time it's cheap there's a trash can every five feet Hell so yeah. it's clean and, and free drinks and free sunscreen and nobody wants to use the sunscreen <laughs> but i'll take a power aid sure uh, yeah <laughs> who couldn't use one of those yeah all right well uh yeah uh throw us a few bucks maybe we'll go to holiday world we'll talk about it on the podcast yeah hey um, if you want us to vlog let us know we'll make yeah. a holiday world vlog that could be fun Went to mm. Holiday World one time with um, one of those bras that you can put like a whole bottle of wine in, <laughs> so we emptied whiskey into it, and wow, and went into Holiday World sipping it like a like a Camelback. Hell, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! And it was fun. Not gonna lie. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, if we get too dehydrated, go get the Powerade, like. <laughs> It was, it was a fun time. That's awesome. Well, uh, I went downtown once with a friend of mine, and she just put Ziploc bags full of whiskey in her bra. <laughs> so it's like the very yeah. uh, trashy version of that. But it worked, right? Did it it did, well, it did. They like it. It kind of got ripped open. It was just a. It was. It was not a well engineered plan. But we we got the whiskey out of it. Hell yeah, whiskey nip. <laughs> Well, catch us at Holiday World. Catch us downtown. <laughs> with bra- Check us out on Broadway with, with bra with bra liquor and bra alcohol. All right, this has been AMPM Video uh, doing Go Team Video. AMPM Video does Go Team Video. In a I don't know how do I usually <laughs> <laughs> how do I usually end this? I don't remember. <laughs> Bye. 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 Oh, real quick. Shout out Mike Gubbins for the intro and outro music. Thank you, Mike. Shout out Jorge Sierra for our promo images that you've been seeing. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Bye.